This episode is dedicated to Richard, please call me Flash Jervis. Hey, podcast people, you just made my day. How you doing, folks? This is James Kennison. Welcome to Made My Day, the podcast that celebrates the little, tiny, wonderful things in life. This is episode five, brought to you the week of December 15th, 2013. And again, my name is James. Thanks for joining us. I owe you two shows. I owe you two weeks, because last week I couldn't do a show. I wanted to, uh, because by the end of the week, what had happened during the week was pretty much... The shock of it was wearing off, but I didn't have everything in order to do a show. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. Last week, what happened is I lost a hard drive, and uh, I was I was plugging it in. It was an external drive. It because of for different reasons, and they were all stupid. I had everything everything that I have done the last ten years on this one hard drive. Uh, it had to do with the fact that I'd gotten a new computer and I had taken and transferred stuff from an old one to a new one. And I had not just done the job of dragging and dropping the stuff off of this this hard drive. Well, suddenly I'm plugging it in and it's not working. It's not showing up. Uh, it's not even registering. I plug it into every computer I can and it's not it's not turning up. It's not registering. Um, I ended up taking it out of the enclosure. I hook it up to a computer because it turns out just to be a regular SATA drive inside. And it, it's registering. It's spinning. It's doing all these great things, but it's not, you know, uh, it's unallocated space. It's not showing up as anything. And so I um, I spent the next several days uh, just in, in horrible shock. And, you know, because not only was all my work on there, the big thing was uh, all the all the family photos from, you know, the first time we ever got a, a digital camera before Jenna was born all the way through to my son's pictures and all that. All those are gone. Okay. So, I, you know, I was, I was absolutely devastated and mostly because I thought, I mean, I obviously I did, but on top of that, I was letting, you know, it's just one more thing this year that I've done to, to mess up my family Okay, because if you don't know, I've been suffering with depression the better part of uh, the last five years, but it really, really hit a peak this past year, and uh, just I put my family through a lot, and um, this was just one more thing, you know, one more thing that Jen would possibly be devastated over. She was more upset, um, and when I say upset, I mean concerned that I was so down, you know, that maybe this was going to be a big setback and it was going to, uh, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, bounce back from this, this, cause it was, you know, it was hard. Uh, I'm still at the point that when things are bad or stressful, it hurts. It still hurts. My chest just gets all this pressure and hurts and it's the anxiety thing, you know? Um, so it was a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of the old, uh, the things that worried her, you know, seemed to be coming back. Uh, long story short, you know, I'm perked up. I'm fine. I was ready. I was ready last week to do a show, but because of that hard drive failure. Oh, I didn't tell you about the second hard drive failure. It gets better, folks. 
Okay, so one of the sites that I'm looking at, you know, because I'm scouring the web trying to figure out ways to get this. I'm downloading app after app after free after willing to pay, you know, stuff and, and scanning. And each one of these scans is taken between five to seven to ten hours each. So it was just a waiting game, getting your hopes up and then nothing. It found nothing. So... One of the websites said, don't keep scanning your old drive, make a copy of it. And so I bought this software for 10 bucks that said, we'll make a copy of your hard drive, um, unallocated space and all, and it'll just be awesome, it'll clone it right on over, and I did that. The only other drive I had, of course, was my brand new 3 terabyte drive that I put all my program files on, all my documents and, and pictures, all my current stuff, the stuff I've done recently, including all the sound effects and the audio from the um, the story, uh, the Christmas repair service that I shared at the end of last week's episode. Um, long story short, when I woke up the next day to see that backup and to use it, for whatever reason, it decided not to use the un the unused space on my existing hard drive. It had just begun to I overwrite it completely. It made its very own allocation uh, a space on the hard drive. And um, basically lost everything that I had done for the last three months. Um, so, you know, artworks and uh, a book that I had begun writing, uh, or a story rather, uh, all the musics and, and the, the multimedia and the drawings and the sketches and the, you know, just, ugh. and so if you thought I was low before, I mean, this was just, well, actually, you know what? I, I went from low to just numb because... There just comes a point, you know, it's like it's like getting wet in the rain. You you can run and run and then there just comes a point where you just stop running cuz you are you realize I can't get any wetter than I am right now. There's no point in running. I might as well just walk it out. And that's kind of what happened with that second hard drive when it went down. So, um the the worst part to me though about that second drive is like I said I'd been doing a lot of work on that story, uh, the, the Christmas repair service. I wanted to release it and get it out. And, um, I lost all the audio from that and I lost the pictures, all the original, um, uh, full size print quality pictures, not to mention all the slides and the individual slides that I'd done. I had no copies, no, no versions that were available now that I'd wiped out these two drives. Um, uh, then I, you know, of course, one thing that made my day that week is realizing, oh, you know what? It's an MP3 copy, so there's some audio quality loss just by default. But I did put the whole finished product audio-wise on the end of last week's episode. So I was like, okay, one tiny miracle out of all the things that have gone wrong this week. Um, I now have both of those drives in the hands of a quote-unquote professional uh, recovery service place that wants to charge me $1,600 per uh, drive. I flatly told them, I can't, I can't afford that. You just need to give them back to me. And now I guess we're, we're playing a game where we try to see who cares the most. I've decided the, the stuff is gone. I've just accepted it. It's gone. I messed up. I screwed up. I can't get it back. Um, and I cannot, I lo- losing it hurt the family, you know, let's say it hurt the family five out of 10, five out of 10 costing another $3,000 is going to hit, you know, hurt the family seven, eight, nine, ten on the scale. 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hurt him twice, unless I can pay for it myself. I'm not gonna do it. And um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. That story's still ongoing. Lost two hard drives. All this, uh, everything's gone. <laughs> Everything. All the nobody's listening stuff. Um, all the movies I had legally downloaded. I mean everything. <laughs> oh goodness, no. Uh, but mostly the photos and the, and the you know, the, the work that I'd done. One small miracle, though, is is uh, a couple of weeks back, I um, happened upon um, a, a Facebook group called Wage and War. And that was the youth group that I worked in. And, and when I first started full-time ministry, I did two years underneath a guy, a Pastor David, in, in Kansas City, Missouri. It was an inner-city youth group. I did bus ministry, all these kind of things. But... I had done a website for a guy, and in, in, instead of paying me, he gave me what was then a $600 Kodak 1.5 megapixel digital camera. And because I had one of the first digital cameras that were, oh, well, I don't know if it was one of the first, but it was the I was the only human in Kansas City that had one, especially in relation to our church, I, we were able to start taking pictures before the services. And, and then the next week we would display them pre-show and people would be like, Oh, that was me. And it was just a cool thing we were doing. And, and I, David had me taking pictures of all the staff. I was going on events. We were taking pictures of practices with the worship team and this and the other. And to say, uh, all that to say, there were roughly 950 photos that I had um, dating from the year 1999 to 2001. And uh, none of them great quality, obviously, you know, 1.5 megapixel. And everything seemed to have a little blue tint to it. It was just the wonderful capture, you know, things that it had then. Anyway, uh, I had, because I'd found this this fan page that somebody, one of the kids who's now not a kid, had put up. I He made me a content provider, and I just started streaming these things on this hard drive that I lost. I put all that stuff up, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures, and, and all these kids from who are now you know well into their uh, 20, 20, late 20s with their own families and their own kids, all these inner-city kids that had just grown up and, and have gone and done wonderful things, and they're coming out of the woodwork and tagging each other and all this kind of stuff. Well, all that stuff is up and safe on Facebook, and it is lost forever from my local hard drive. So, you know, thank God um, that I got that stuff out there. So that's just one of those little, one of those little tiny things. Uh, you know, the, the diamonds in the ashes of my dreams um, that, that have come out. Um, another thing the other day is, um, this was from two weeks ago. I was, uh, you know, very, very distraught. I was driving in the car and one of, one of my favorite songs has come up. It's called Brave, um, by Sarah Bareilles, I think, um, Anyway, it's really cool sounding. I love it. I don't know that I agree with the <laughs> statement she's making about say what you want to say and let the words fall out because everybody that actually says what they want to say, somebody eventually shoots them, you know. You think back at civil rights and and on and on and on. If you say what you want to say, you better be prepared. It's not a fun and acceptable uh, thing for most people, but I love I love the song itself. It's very very catchy and good and awesome. And um, but I had to go in the in this dang store, and so I missed like you know three quarters of it. 
I was in there for quite a while. I was buying stuff for my daughter's birthday party, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, But when I got back in the car, um, I want to say two hours, two and a half hours later, I'd gone to two different stores in the same area, got back in the car, turned it on. What do you know? It was like somebody hit pause on the radio DVR and Sarah was singing me the rest of my song when I got back in. Uh, So that was just awesome. That never happens ever to anyone and uh, especially me, but it did. So it was really cool. Uh, Speaking of photos, somebody uh, else from back in the day, we're talking about 1996, 97, when I was in Macon, Georgia, doing kids ministry with a guy named Pastor David, who eventually moved to Kansas City, and I followed in there years later to work in Wage and War. He posted a photo of all of the kids that we used to bus in um, on Sundays, from the neighborhood, and uh, I want to say there's about 150 kids up on the steps and down around uh, the grounds, because uh, we, the main church had the main church, but the kids' church was in the back in the old white, you know, chapel with the ceiling falling in and the windows broken and all this stuff. We were in there, you know, it was just ghetto as all get out. But um, all these kids are, are on there. And, um, and, and, and we just, we, it just was meant so much to see some of those familiar faces. People had forgotten all about kids that were just crazy back then. And what do you know, you would never think in a million years that these kids who are now, you know, in, in 25, 26, 27, but they somehow started coming out of the woodwork and tagging each other in this thing and making comments and reconnecting. And, uh, this, this was awesome. This is the first group of kids that I'd ever worked with, uh, minority kids primarily, uh, in an outreach-based kids ministry format, and uh, I learned everything that I know, I mean, the next 10 years of my life that I did in children's ministry, um, I learned everything I know from David in that white chapel um, in front of those kids, and uh, we, man, we had so much fun. I I had a puppet that I did, it was an old man. And um, puppets are kind of dumb, but if you do them right, they're pretty funny. And, and usually what we would do is we wouldn't have puppets talking to puppets. So we would have puppets talking to a person. And the puppet would be kind of either crazy or, uh, un, you know, disrespectful or, or silly or funny or outlandish. And But this guy, I called him Mr. Tester. And he played, or I played this, this guy, and he would come up. He was the guy that cleaned up after the kids. Uh, that was his, that was his thing. He, he's like, and so what he would do is he'd get up and he'd have some little point that he would make or whatever in the lesson. But his big thing was telling, you know, he saw kids as, uh, just a pain. They were a pain. They were the ones that messed up the floor and he'd tell them, you need to keep your stuff off the floor. Don't put your feet on the floor. And when you leave, you need to walk up on the chairs. You need to walk on the chairs and jump toward the door. All right. Because that way the footprints do not get onto the floor. And, and he was just, you know, crazy and stuff. And um, Mr. Tester. I don't even know why we called him that. But it just rhymed, I guess. Uh, but that was awesome. I mean, we, we did that and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. It's just a lot of fun. It, it, the chapel <laughs> the chapel was, um, was, was really old. And um, one time... Um, we, you know, and we just had these kids crammed in, I mean, just folding chairs, no rows, really. It was just, it was like ants everywhere piled on top of each other. 150 kids crammed this little building for 80 people. Uh, fire marshal would have had a cow, but at one point 
uh, I guess a leak was happening and there was this uh, ceiling tile that just fell. I mean, this whole area of the of the ceiling just fell out on these kids and and, and nobody got, you know, hurt. But uh, it was a, of concern, you know. We had to quit seating kids in that area, and and it became an issue. And another kid one time was sitting, standing up on his chair, and he fell, and his butt went through one of the panes of glass. And he didn't fall through the window, but his but his rear end definitely did. And uh, so there was that issue. Well, then it became, you know, the the main pastor, the main sanctuary, the nice clean sanctuary becomes an issue that you know we need to build a new building for our kids and so his wife writes this song and uh the song was really dumb uh, very sappy very christiany very slow played on the piano and i remember most of the words <laughs> but the one part that i will share with you um it, it just said something about um the end of the verse said our children's children need a safer place to grow. Oh, Lord, it's you they need to know. And I was like, <laughs> you just had to put, she had to reference the fact that the building was unsafe in the song. <laughs> what about a better place? What about a nicer, you know, newer? But uh, because of the ghetto-ness of that building, she actually had to admit, I, I guess I should give her credit for, for putting in there, you know, our children's need a, our children's need a safer place to grow. Uh, oh Lord, it's you they need to know. And she rhymes it in there. And the song is not just a dream, but a destiny from above. Not just today, but tomorrow's a gift of love. And then that's where the thing went. Our children's children need a safer place to grow. And that's kind of a lie, actually, because the children needed a safer place to go grow so they could grow and have the children's children. I, I guess I never thought of it that way. So it's a liar song. Okay. Uh, I went shopping. I mentioned it in the last one. I got to go shopping for Jenna's Minecraft party. I, I don't know what I said last time. So just forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but my daughter, she, um, she turned nine a couple days. Actually, today. Today's her ninth birthday, but we celebrated it the other day. But two weeks ago, I was I was getting prepared for this thing. And uh, my deal is that, you know, I haven't really been for them there the last week or so, or the last week, the last year. And I can't really go back and change that. I can't make things um, different than they were. I wasn't mean to anybody. I just was unavailable, you know. I wasn't there. And uh, I can't change that. I can't buy them back. I can't, you know, make, I can't make up for lost time. I can start to take time, but I don't. I don't believe you can make up for lost time. Um, you just have to use the time that you have. But one thing I, I do have is I have creativity, and I'm not in children's ministry right now. Do you know? It's it's not a, it's not a, an outlet. So I had energy, and here's my daughter's birthday, and I was like, "Do you want to do a Minecraft party?" And my wife thought it was great, and and so. I, if you know anything about Minecraft, it's a game, it's awesome, and there's some merchandising done. There's t-shirts and toys and stuff like that, but one thing they haven't done is they haven't made anything uh, as far as party decorations go. So Pinterest to the rescue, man. I was pinning stuff from all over the, the Webernet, looking up ideas that people had done. Somebody had taken these square plates, uh, two different colors of green and black, and made a creeper face, so I did that. I made a a cardboard creeper that was about four foot tall out of a Macy's box and some stuff from, from, uh, uh, office depot. Um, I'll have some 
you know, feature, I'll, I'll be posting a how to on my other website, jameskennison.com. If you're interested in that, just give me a week or so to recover from said party. But here, here's the neat thing about not doing children's ministry, about having lost, not lost my job, given up my job is for years and years doing children's ministry. I'd take my kids shopping. We'd go to the store, target, Walmart, you know, uh, wherever. And I'd, and I'd get something cool and I'd throw it in the cart. And, and initially when they were really young, they'd get really excited, (gasps) you know, a bag of Twizzlers or something go in the cart and they'd be really, really excited. And I would say, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's for the kids. It's for the kids. That's what they would say. Or I would say, and they knew that meant for the kids at church, the children's church. That was for that. And and man, even you know, even once they got to know that that was the way it was, not to get excited when they saw me throw some big toy or a game into the thing, they would say, "Is that for kids? Is that for kids?" And I would say, "Yeah, it's for kids." And I always felt a little guilty tinge right in there, you know, but I just kind of chalked it up to this is one of the curses that children's pastors, kids have to go through. And, and you know, it's not like they're not participating. They're at the service with the kids. They're getting the same experience as the kids. And, and, and without the kids, I wouldn't be buying this stuff. So, you know, it's not like they would get it if the kids didn't exist, you know, but it still was just one of those things. It's one of those things that I worry just going to leave a negative mark in their mind. I told you all that to say, that for once, I'm going to have to watch myself because I'll get all quivery, quivery on this one. For once, as I was buying this stuff, see, I can't talk while I'm getting emotional. Um, I was buying this stuff and throwing it in the cart and nobody had to ask if, uh, if that was for the kids. It was for them. And I was glad to do it. Glad to do it. So, better part of three weeks spent <laughs> working really hard, building, um, like I said, the creeper from scratch, painting him, getting all the little pixels put in, uh, the square plates, the, the you know, having to buy balloons and all the... I, when I had a job, I had access to a color printer, and so making full color prints of things was easy. This time I had to do it through my through my wife. I'd email her stuff. She'd print it off at work, bring it in. I'd cut it out, put it together because I made these little paper craft sheep and cows and Steve and the zombies and, the, and you know, signs and all these different things. I even um, learned how to roll out fondant and uh, like, like daggum guys on TV and I cut out... Um, these little faces out of what's called sugar paper. I found it at Walmart. It was black sugar paper. And I, and I made these little creeper faces. And I even got green spray paint. Um, it's food coloring spray paint. And uh, was able to put little... I cut, cut pixels out of a, out of a you know piece of cardboard and spray little pixel images on there. So uh, there'll be pictures of all this stuff again on jameskinnison.com in about a week or so. Because um, I, I want to show it off. But... Um, this was easily the most decorated party I've ever seen and been a part of ever. Because when I was a kid, I was poor. The most exciting thing we had was um, a bowl full of uh, lime sherbet, sherbet and 7-Up um, poured over it, you know, or Sprite. Or actually, it was probably Fago or some sort of cheap RC clear cola, whatever. <sighs> 
But we did all that. And, 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 and so anyway, it was about the kids. It was for the kids. It was them. And it was awesome. So I started, I built this creeper figure and I finished it. And it's been, it's uh, almost as tall as my daughter. It's awesome. Um, I'm very excited about it. The only problem is now that the party is over and he's so awesome. I don't want to get rid of him, but I don't have anywhere to put him. I kind of want to get on Craigslist and say, hey, do you, are you having a party and you don't want to make a creeper? You can rent mine. <laughs> but I don't think that would work. I don't know what they'd be renting him for. Okay, so lately, um, another thing that's been going on, because we don't, we're too cheap. It's not that we're poor in our house. We're cheap, uh, which is a lot like being poor. Jen and I both grew up... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not not dirt poor, but but definitely not rolling in the dough. And so you'd think we'd be all like compensating for that, but we're so cheap that our kids are going to have the same stories we do. And one of those stories is the fact that we're we're too cheap to spend thirty five bucks on the elf on the shelf thing. My grandma used to have one of those dolls, and she never did anything cool with it. It just sat up there and looked creepy, kind of looking to the side, holding on to his knees. And I never knew he was supposed to be peeking at people, looking up stuff, telling Santa Claus about it and all this. Anyway, my kids will never know about that either because my wife um, just decided to grab one of my son's stuffies, as he calls them. And uh, one of them happens to be a reindeer uh, that he recently purchased with his own money. And uh, she's making him do stuff throughout the, you know, every night. Every night he's doing something new. For instance, uh, one night he was up in the kitchen cabinet uh, in a cereal bowl with cereal poured all over him. Uh, another time he was on the in the bathroom and, and there was toothpaste squeezed out all over the counter and on a toothbrush and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, one time I, because I have a paper cutter, you know, like one of the teachers have, which came in handy for the party quite a bit. Uh, I have one of those and I was like, I'm going to put his head in it and make it like another stuff he is going to try to chop his head off and my wife thought that was a little traumatic and that he, he might get scared of the doll and think that it might be coming after him and she was right you know so she came up with something different but but the next one's probably going to be she, she said she got this idea off the internet where he's going to prepare a special snack for the morning you know it's like donut holes or whatever and with a little note that says for you and so Jen's going the opposite way the, the right way and she's making him do nice things. I would, I'd be having him throwing up in the toilet and you know, getting into the soda and all that kind of stuff. But frozen in the freezer, uh, in a in a block of ice, It'd probably make him cry. But it'd be funny. Um, but the cool thing since since uh, I would imagine Elf on the Shelf, the way that goes is the parents, you know, are horrified at what happens, and then they kind of take him. But because of the 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 new the, the the differences, because it's my son's figure and not just this thing that comes out once a year, because it's his toy, the kids have added this element to it where they they try to trap him, so he can't do anything the next day, and uh, which which really keeps us on our guard because we have to make sure that we've noticed where he's put. Otherwise, man, we'd never get it. I mean, we have a, a cabinet, a chest of drawers underneath our television, and that keeps all their DVDs and, and stuff in it. And they had stuck him inside of a sock, inside of a 
a glove that's left over from Kansas City, stuck him behind the DVDs in the drawer, and then shut the drawer. I, we'd have never found him in a million years if we hadn't been eavesdropping. Um, my favorite one, though, is when they took him and, and put him right behind that same cabinet, but then pushed the cabinet up against the wall, and so his head <laughs> was squished to about a half an inch thick behind there so they they have no love for this thing they just but but jay was having jay, jen was concerned because jay's five almost six and jenna definitely knows it's fake but jay was like you know he, he couldn't get into it and so i i entered the scene and i started blaming jay because i'm like i don't believe that this figure did it. oh the figure did it chatty i didn't do this oh, the stuff he did it you know and so now he's forced to uh to blame the stuffy, otherwise he's in trouble. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's what we did. So I think it's perfect because everything we do is awesome. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> last week we do prayers every night. Jen and I alternate nights. Um, and, and Jay, you know, the kids, we don't, we don't do a, a repeat a prayer. We did that for a while when they were younger, but now they like to make up their own prayers. And, and so, you know, they, they pray. I actually, many times I've, I've wished I could sneak a recorder in there and catch some of these classic prayers that they pray. Um, some of them are heartwarming. Others are just silly. Sometimes they try to crack jokes in them. Um, and it's just fun is had by all. That's all I'm going to say. Praying uh, with my kids is not a chore. It is it is fun. Uh, and one of those happened last week. I'm praying with Jay. Jay, Jay always goes first. I, in, in, when it's Jenna, I go first, and then it's her turn. But Jay always prays first. I say, pray, and he'll, he'll pray. He doesn't know he's supposed to be ashamed of praying. So he, he prays and he's going, you know, dear Jesus, thank you for mom and dad and thank you for the dog and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And he's praying and he's talking and, and then he'll always say, and Lord, please help us at school tomorrow. And it's a question and I have to answer. Yes. Yes. It's school tomorrow. Okay. Thank you for school tomorrow. And then he pauses and he goes, and this part's for Santa. And I, and I said, no, stop. <laughs> Cause I'm pretty, I mean, we're. As Christians go, we're pretty liberal with the Santa Claus thing. We let him believe it. We 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 do special things that like Santa has cookies in the whole nine yards, and I even have Santa decorate the room with extra lights that night. You know, then then it trails to his room, and you know all these different things. So we're definitely uh, pretty liberal. But I had to draw the line on praying to Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just ready to throw that right on in there, and I know some of you are going. Let's see, that's why you don't. That's why you don't do that because he's gonna think God is fake too. Well, you know, uh, it's worth it. Um, we'll see who we'll see who proves themselves real. Santa's not really ever going to, and uh, God has more of a chance of getting through without my help than Santa does. Um, but uh, I did, I did say you can't. I, after it was over, I said God's real. Um, uh, the only people that talk to Santa are parents. <laughs> that's what I said. So you tell me and I'll tell him. And then that's when he told me that, um, he wanted a robot that does chores because he heard that there's one, his friend, uh, Charles told him about this robot that does chores and he wants one of those and he wants a phone. 
And I'm like, phone? What the? What are you, who are you going to call? You're five. Who are you going to call? And he goes, um, they play games too. I'm like, your Wii plays games. Just ask for some Wii games. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not as much fun as a phone, though. Kids today. I don't even know, man. When I was a kid, you had one phone. I'm sorry. You had one phone lo- line. You could have three or four phones in the house. The phone rang. And you had to go to one of the five locations in your house. And then you had to stand there, unless you had a wireless. But even then, you couldn't go but so far. The thing would start crackling. You'd lose your call. You had this three-foot aluminum rod that you had to pull out that broke off of every one of them that I ever had. <laughs> so you, the nub, it'd be about a foot long left over, and you'd, you'd try to keep a signal with that. Uh, and... uh touch tone uh if there's anybody young listening to this be be on the phone was was great because now i mean nowadays you guys have cell phones and you you call your friends and and you get that friend on the on the phone but when we were kids we would call our friends and their mom would answer or their dad would answer or their grandma or their crazy sister or somebody else or maybe it was them and uh so Wonderful hijinks would ensue, like you would start talking to somebody that sounded like your girlfriend, and you'd be like, hey, how you doing? And they would say, fine, and they would giggle. And then you'd be like, so what you doing? Nothing. And then they would giggle. And then I was like, well, what's what's so funny? And then your girlfriend's mom would say, I'll go get her. <laughs> and then they'd get your girlfriend, so... Yeah, kids today do not know about that because everybody has a phone. So you call the person and nobody else answers. So, crazy times. Uh, let's see. Um, this week, or last week, I'm sorry, when I was in the midst of this dark, you know, loss of my hard drive, trying to redo it thing, I'd gone and picked up the kids. We're coming home. And I told the kids, I don't do this very often, but I told them, I need you guys to stay busy today. I do not need this deal where, because every other day is TV day and uh, no TV day. No TV and computer day, TV and computer day. That's how we do it. So there's two TV and computer days during the week, and there's three not TV and computer days. This was a not. And what Jay likes to do is find something that involves coming to find me every five or ten minutes and sharing it with me or telling me he's bored, or trying to come up with something to do. So I told him, flat out, I need you guys to stay busy today, stay out of my room, let me work on these hard drives. And uh, and it was just kind of, you know, it's it, it was dark. It was it was not said very lightly. It was very serious. And um, and I was worried. I'm like, Dad, gum it. I don't usually talk like this. You, you know, is it is it going to mess him up? So I'm like, you know, you guys need to make sure you don't bother me. Is that understood? And and Jenna's like, yes. And Jay says, so do you know if you touch an elf, he loses his Santa powers? (laughs) So I'm glad he's clueless. I really am. So that means this whole year, he will never remember, and he will probably not have suffered any permanent damage. Um, Jenna's not. Jenna's not. She, um, She came to me. Uh, later that evening and said, uh, I prayed, I prayed about your hard drives and uh, I appreciate that. And she says, um, what happened to them? And I told her basically since it become unallocated, I said the simplest way I could is say the table, you know, the table of contents in a book tells you where the chapters and the pages are. And I said, basically the table of contents got deleted. 
And she thinks about it for a minute. She goes, can't you just type a new one? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, if there were five chapters and, you know, 200 pages, I probably could. But we're talking about, you know, millions and millions of pages and hundreds of thousands of files. And there's just no way I could remember or even know how to do that. And she was like, wow. So that day, um, or the next day, it was really, it was still pretty bad, but I knew I needed to start lightening up. I knew I needed to chill. Um, so dadgummit, I dropped the kids off. And rather than coming home and working, I went to Cracker Barrel and I treated myself to breakfast, by God. And I sat there all by myself while everybody, all the old people ate in couples. And I had myself uh, scrambled eggs with cheese with grits, a whole giant bowl. She brought me extra grits because I didn't want gravy on it. And I threw all that mess together. And I had bacon, by God. And um, a Diet Coke, which is weird, but it worked. And um, it was really good. I had biscuits and all that. Mmm. So that made my day that day. Is just having having breakfast. Even though I actually, I brought my iPad and I uh, started trying to read Catching Fire. Because I read the first, uh, the first book, The Hunger Games. And I, you know, I saw the movie. And now the second movie's out, and I've been I've started reading Catching Fire like four times, and I think I'm in the second chapter now where they're on a you know they're talking to Havisham or whatever the heck his name is, the old drunk dude. Uh, so I don't know. I'm sure it just takes a while for that train to get rolling. I think the first one was like that too. But um, Jen keeps telling me it's awesome and that I would like the way the story ended. So I need to need to get on it. Need to get on it. So, um, I told you about that creeper that I made um, out of cardboard. Well, there was different phases. Obviously, collecting the right size boards or cardboards. And um, I, I found, um, I thought about this thing. I was like, I can't, I got to paint it. I got to paint it with this, this paint. Uh, so, if I, if I seal up the seams with um, packing tape, that's not going to work right. So, I was like, I remembered and you might recall this too, that there is such a thing as paper tape. Um, it's paper and it has, you know, the little the little cords in it. You know, some go straight and some are squiggly. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I finally, I went to a special, you know, store like seven miles out of the way from our house. Um, I found this stuff and, and paid for it and got it back home. It was a special, special trip. And dadgummit, if this junk... Um, it's not adhesive on the back, like tape. And I guess that makes sense now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like regular duct tape has adhesive and it, and it lets go of itself as you unwind it, doesn't it? It has a layer of tape and then adhesive and tape and adhesive. If you had that with paper tape, it makes perfect sense now. It didn't at the time, but now as I'm saying this, if you had adhesive sticking to paper, the paper would rip and tear up and the adhesive would be covered with paper. Well, the way they, they deal with this is um, the back of it has adhesive, but it's dry. You have to wet it. It took me five minutes to figure this out. And I'm like, and it's because I licked it. I licked a little bit because it seemed a little tacky on the back. And I licked it. And dadgummit, if it didn't taste like a 1983 stamp. And I remembered when we used to lick stamps and how I kind of used to like it. I was like, I cannot lick multiple feet and yards of this stuff. So we got a rag and, and soaped it up and 
and put it on there, man. And it worked great. It took a while to get used to it and find out how much wetness to put on it because it is paper tape. And if you put too much, it starts wrinkling. But long story short, man, it, it, it sealed up all the edges and the seams of this creeper. So when I painted over it, it was even and it, and it kind of disappeared. It was awesome. It was just one of those things that works. Anybody that has ever started a craft or a home repair project, you know how it is when you, you get going and it seems like the more you more time you spend on it, the more complicated it gets. It, something that should have taken five minutes takes three trips to Home Depot because you don't have the right batteries and, and, and the, the light bulbs and then the, the wrong color and then this paint won't work without some sort of base. This one... It was though there was a special trip involved. It ended up working out exactly the way we wanted to, and it simplified things rather than complicated them. So that was another small moment this week. But when when once I got it all sealed up, the kids I told them they could help me paint it, and um, and and because of the hard drive issue of 2013, hard drive disaster, uh, I had put that off for days. And when we finally sat down and got him in the car. I mean, got him in the car. Got him around the creeper. Um, the kids never said anything. They were thrilled. They were gracious. They were awesome. They didn't They didn't say anything like, finally, we finally get to do this, or why, what took so long, you know? They just, they just did it. And part of that is my son follows his sister's example and my sister's his sister's example my daughter's example is this she's gracious she empathizes and uh, i told her that i told her that this week i told her that she was special because you you empathize with people and i knew she was going to ask me what it meant so i wanted it to i wanted to be able to say it twice in one go and she says what does that mean and i said it means you feel what others feel you care as a result. I mean, not only do you care, not only do you feel it, you care about what you feel. And um, that's that's why, I, 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 that's what's special about her. And it always has been. And um, it's what makes her deathly afraid of watching <laughs> um, Doctor Who. Remember that I told you, I think I did, that we were watching Doctor Who together and it was awesome and fun and, and my kids aren't scared of it. Well, guess what? That was until we watched the episode with the little boy uh, named Jamie with the mask on his face and everybody's talking and he's going, where's my mummy and are you my mummy and all that. Well, that scared the living hockey sticks out of her. And uh, so we're we're not watching Doctor Who anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's some episodes I'm sure we could get rid of, but it ain't like it gets less scary as it goes on. I mean, the silence and all that kind of stuff. If she can't handle a little dude in a mask, she's going to lose her mind later on. So we're going to wait a while. And it was sad. It was sad for her to hear me say no. And uh, But it's it's worth it. It's Jay's totally... <laughs> Whatever, he's fine. He's five. He doesn't care. He never has bad dreams. Jenna, she empathizes. <laughs> so so she feels it, every bit of it. And uh, she's like, well, the monsters, you know, I know they're not real, so that didn't bother me, but this one just seems so real, and I keep thinking about him. And, and uh, that was a big deal, um, because when I was a kid, I was, uh, I was scared of everything. I was scared of Dr. Seuss characters, man. When I went to bed... I thought the wocket in my pocket was going to sneak out from under the bed and just eat my face. 
as scary as mess. I hated being scared all the time. I was scared of everything. And I never watched a scary movie in my life. Never saw nothing. Nothing. I was so overprotected. And that's why I was scared of, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss characters. So I'm thinking, you know, with my kids, I'm going to let them, let them see a little something and, and kind of desensitize them a little bit. And, and they have been. They're pretty good about stuff. You know, they saw Monster House, the little kids show, you know, that might be scary for some people. And it totally unfazed them. This stuff, it did. So we're going to have to take it back, take, take it back and do something else. Still reading Harry Potter to her, though, and she's enjoying that. We just got... You know, done reading this chapter about Quidditch and Harry catching the the snitch in his mouth, and and um, you know she's she's absolutely sure that Snape is evil and terrible. So uh, she's right where she needs to be there. Um, so uh, oh, one thing Jen Jen made my week um, this past week, this week now I think we're caught up. Uh, and, and there's not going to be a whole lot of updates about this week because of the fact that I was working so hard uh, on Jenna's party, getting everything ready, which was awesome, by the way, because there was a time I couldn't do anything. I was talking to my wife about it, that now that I am in recovery and recovery has been going on so long, I've been able to do things in phases like uh, – I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I'll just say it the way I realized the phases of the of the uh, of the party that you have to go through. First of all, is deciding simply I'm going to do something special for this party. That was like a phase. That is a step in the right. I don't know, not in the right direction. It is a. It is something I wouldn't have even thought to have done before. So it counts as a wonderful miracle. Okay, so the idea of even thinking about it, then two, having the energy to take that and say yes, and to begin to invest creativity and thoughts into it. Because when you're depressed, you have lots of ideas of what you should do. Um, you don't have any energy or ability to even conceive of the possibility of you ever doing it. So there's phase two, and then phase three was planning it all out, getting it all together, uh, going shopping. Building things was another phase, and then uh, then following through and completing it was another phase. Just getting that stuff done. Because so many times in my recovery phase, I'd get things going and get things rolling, and then I would stop. That's why I really wanted to do a show last week because I didn't want this to be one of those things that I was oh I was going and going and going. I have a bad week and boom, no show. I didn't do a show last week because I didn't have software to to edit the show. <laughs> So we didn't do it, but this time, um, with my with my kids' event, I started it, followed through, completed, and then there's this other step, and this was the most amazing step of all, is because of I, I didn't just decorate the party; I came up with all of the um, games and the and the things, the activities. So we had paper craft, we did perler beads, uh, little little Minecraft swords with necklaces. We had an amazing game that I got off Pinterest that I kind of embellished where I threw diamonds. It was dark outside, so I threw diamonds, uh, acrylic diamonds all over the floor. I gave each girl a flashlight, and uh, they did basically a nighttime uh, egg hunt. They were in two teams. My son played a zombie, and if you got a diamond, you he could tag you, and if he tagged you, you had to drop your diamonds and count to ten, and other team could get them, and they had two cups. They had to, three minutes later, whoever had the most diamonds won. There was a big giant one made of glass. 
um, that, that counted for five points. And um, they, they wanted to play until each one of them not only uh, won, you know, their team won, but they each wanted to be the zombie. So to speed things along, eventually there became uh, two zombies and then three zombies so that I could get it going. Um, so I was, uh, I, I not only did all this and prepared it and came up with it and, and, and did it, I, uh, I led and emceed this entire party, um, you know, all the way through to the movie. And and the movie, Jen, Jen was like, I need to get a movie. And I'm like, they just put holes, holes, the movie up on, uh, on Netflix. There we go. It's about digging. It's close enough to Minecraft. Let's do it, man. They love that movie. I, I can hardly remember. I need to watch it again. Um, but they had paused it seven or eight times and they were in there talking about it, trying to figure out the ending and who was who and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. They, they, la- that, that movie lasted two and a half hours because they were, they were trying to do uh, Nancy Drew on that thing. So, uh, but um, my wife, okay, all that to say, my wife, while I was prepping Jenna's party, she said, this is pretty amazing, amazing what you're doing. And, uh, and that meant a lot. She noticed. And throughout, you know, the party, even afterwards, she, she'd noticed some detail. Um, like uh, like the tablecloth, I, I cut the edge of the tablecloth to look like pixels, um, so the so the table would look like a dirt block. I put brown underneath and green on top, and she's like, "Oh, I thought it was one thing. I didn't know you cut all this. I thought it came that way and all this kind of stuff." So it uh, it was awesome, and um, and Jenna would run around and show all the kids, and yeah, you know, it was just good. It was a good thing. The the kids had a great time. Um, oh, and the best part, here's another little miracle, is I didn't have a downtime. Usually when I do these events, especially in the past few years or so, the more successful the event, the darker of a plunge I would have after they were over. And in ministry, it was really bad. So like if we had a great week at camp, you could count on seven days or I just couldn't get out of bed. Um, couldn't, couldn't do it. Didn't have that this time. No crash whatsoever. Just nice and even. Just where I want to be. Love it. Very happy, thrilled, hopeful, and uh, looking forward to finding out what in the world we're going to do with the rest of our lives. Um, Jenna made my made my day because she would constantly, every time I would start doing something new, whether it was painting the finishing the creeper or hanging this or you know doing that, she I'd let her help and she would just get so excited and she'd hug me around the neck and she's like, I, I just need to tell you I love you so much and. And, uh, and that, that helped me, uh, it just helps me know I'm, I'm doing something right. I, uh, I'm, I'm adding to her life rather than subtracting. I'm being a, a good dad instead of an absentee dad. So, so that's good. Um, so Jenna's uh, birthday went off without a pitch, without a pitch. There was no pitches either. Um, there was nothing that rhymed with pitch going on there. Um, so, uh, no hitches either. Uh, la 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 la. Um, one of the one of the last things that I've got tonight, um, before we get into your MMDs, your made my days, is that I've been um, I've pretty much like I said given up on the hard drives. If if the company finds anything, I will decide whether I can you know afford it or not, or I will just accept them back and set them aside, kind of like Walt Disney Frozen, waiting for a, a cure for cancer. I will put them on hold and I will see you know maybe rescan them once a year. Months a month, 
to see if I can get anything off of them. But it, it, while in this process, I have found other hard drives, old hard drives, um, and old flash drives. And I um, just today, just this, just today, pulled up a, a tiny little cruiser flash drive. It's four gig that I used to carry around on my on my uh, my my keys. And I popped it in, and there's only one thing on there. One thing. It was a it was a file. Or a, a, a folder. I clicked on it, and it was every single one of the slides and drawings from the Christmas repair service. It wasn't the original pics, you know, the the Photoshop files that were 300 DPI print quality. But I I have the uh, the slides, the originals that I could easily, if I ever needed to, pull them up in Photoshop, upsample them. And trace over them to make you know new 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 graphics. But so I started with that, and I'm ending with that. That um, little miracles like that made my day. I got a lot of uh, uh, I scanned an old drive, and there was a ton of photos of my son when he was a baby on there. And it's not all of them. Um, it's kind of bittersweet because you see them, and you're you're happy to have them. But then you're like, how many more? You know, have I lost? But you know, it's it's what the the phases of uh, phases of disaster or doom or loss, and uh, one of them is denial. I was definitely in denial for quite a while. I have accepted it. And I'm moving on, and I'm becoming an alcoholic. I'm just kidding. All right. So MMDs. He says I just had a made my day moment. My podcast was nominated for an award. Congratulations, by the way. Now I have to look to the possibility of attending the ceremony, a highly unlikely thing. It's too far away. It costs money for travel and accommodations, and I have less than a month to make it all happen, but still, I was nominated. It just goes to show how listeners can sneak up on you and make your day. He said, I actually tried to do a push to urge listeners to nominate me a couple of years ago, and I got nothing. Then in the last year and a half or so, my schedule went haywire. My mom had a few bouts of hospital visits. I had to take my own trip to Virginia, uh, to I'm sorry, to a VA hospital for training. Then it all came to a head when my mom didn't survive her stay in the ICU. I didn't intend to do it, but I had to put the podcast. I haven't put a podcast out since June. Mine is about classic radio shows or old-time radio. I still upload stuff to my RSS feed, but nothing with any original commentary of my own. With content like that, I can get away with not putting my voice on the mic so much. He says, uh, I was just trying to get back into the swing of things to start up a regular schedule again, and then suddenly things start happening that I never expected, but uh, have been a huge encouragement. The Made My Day podcast hit the iTunes directory. Some of my very cool listeners sent me emails and even some monetary support. And, of course, I've been nominated for a podcast award. I'm not sure that I stand a chance of winning, he says, but there's podcasters who are more talented than me who have never won. And it just made my day when the email hit my inbox with the nomination details. I hope it wasn't too long to read on your show just uh, as long as you read it. As long as you read it, he says, I hope I might have made your day too. Keith Helsley, ret, uh, at Retro Keith, is his, um, Retro Keith is his Twitter. And the podcast is Retro Radio Podcast at retro dot, I'm sorry, dash OTR dot com. Uh, retro dash OTR dot com. 
Uh, Alan or Aaron rather says this. Hey James, I'm a new listener, but what made my day this week is I I acquired the merry-go-round from the playground of the elementary school I attended, which was being tore down. I'm assuming what he means is that 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 spinning swirl of wonderful death, you know, with the metal poles, and you would wedge yourself in there, and a friend would start whipping you around, and you thought you were going to die, throw up, and go to heaven all at the same time. Not only did I bring back this, bring back hundreds of memories from playing with my friends. He says I it also brought to my mind my first romance. I was in fifth grade, and I recall holding her hand while spinning round and round. Yeah, you became friends with people. <laughs> You hated on that thing. Save me! You'd reach out in your hand. You'd try to reach out your hand in front of your hand and slap yourself back in the head. Because you couldn't. This is a trifical forces. Anyway, our love lasted a long time. In fifth grade time, that is. We dated for five whole days. Hoping to have uh, the parts within the next week to install this thing in my backyard. So my four kids can make some memories and uh, some hospital bills. I added that part. Loving the MMD cast and checking out the older stuff. Aaron Cup from Rockholds, Kentucky. So, yeah. Thank you for checking out the old stuff, too. If you're a new listener and you don't know about the old stuff, go to NLCast.com and check out my uh, my archives. Uh, back in the day, when I was doing much better than I have in a while, um, I did uh, like six shows at one time. Uh, uh, there was... Uh, I don't know, what is it? Uh, nobody's listening. There was Help, I'm a Children's Pastor, which for new children's pastor people. And my wife and I did one called Geek Loves Nerd. And um, I even did a CHOP podcast for Axe Cop. It was the Axe Cop fan podcast. And I actually had Ethan Nicole, the creator and artist of Axe Cop, on the show regularly. There's lots of other shows that I started and did a few episodes of and then lost interest in. They're all at, uh, there's six years of archives on there, uh, for specifically for nobody's listening. So check it out. You'll enjoy it. Um, hi, James. Congrats on this podcast getting featured. My day was made when my new company's iPhone app uh, also got featured. It's called Radical Runner, and it's $1.99. And that's from Jeannie's. Um Hi, James. I heard your new episode, Doctor Who and Harry Potter, which are my two most favorite books. Um, I, wait a minute. And it made my day to hear that. You should get a co-host. I'd love to hear you and John, but I'd be down. But I'd be down, I guess he says. I love your show, JJ. Thank you. My two-year-old daughter has been saying thank you, Daddy, without prompting me when I do nice things for her. She says, um, here's a clip. So, let's see. Thank you, Daddy. Aw, that's so precious. It's good when your kids start saying thanks, Dad, and stuff like that without uh, prompting. It's also good when they start pooping in the toilet without prompting, too. So, um, I'm hoping that, that this will continue and become something awesome. He says, P.S. I'm the guy from Nobody's Listening, cast number 201, flipping the cushion, who wrote the story Junk to the Trunk. And getting my story read on one of the last episodes made my month. In fact, nobody's listening made like four months because I binge listened to every stinking awesome episode. Nobody's listening podcast inspired me to write out my own funny stories in an autobiography. It's not going to be a bestseller, but telling stories is an awesome gift to give and receive. Thanks, James, for your gifts to the world. 
Forest. See, I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing good stuff. I'm trying to write some too. So if you've succeeded, you have my respect because that is hard. It's hard to write. It seems easy. It's easy to write a blog post, hard to write something you think somebody's actually going to read. Dear James, what made my day this week was shopping for Christmas presents with my mentors. These people mean a lot to me and have impacted me in so many ways. Watching them smile when I give when I give to them will make all the spinning and wrapping worth it. Josh, it's awesome. How many mentors do you have? I would love to hear the details around this story. Um, I've never gone shopping with my mentor except to like buy hot dogs for other people. But we'll see. See what he says. Dear James, what made my day was getting three bullseyes in a row while I was shooting archery in my backyard. My dad is a wildlife photographer and hunter and is always encouraging my siblings and I to shoot guns or do archery or go hunting. I've never really been into those things and I don't have a lot of practice, so this was kind of a big deal. And just a random question. What are your thoughts on Duck Dynasty? Personally, I'm a fan. Thanks for the great podcast. Well... My thoughts on Duck Dynasty. I I have Netflix. That's what that's our TV. I don't know what's going on in real TV land. Um, when it comes on Netflix, I watch it. I have not watched more than one quarter of or to a half of one episode of Duck Dynasty. Um, it seems funny, but it seems rehearsed. It's like it's a reality show, and I'm sure the things that that happen really happen. But then it's like they go back and record it later because nobody ever fights or punches each other or gets mad or walks out. And stuff like that happens in real life. So, I don't know. Well, uh, the, um, the the conference I went to a couple months ago, um, I didn't go to the second day. And the guy named Cy, which I understand to be the oldest of the dudes and possibly the funniest because his cardboard cutout was at Walmart that I went to the other day. Um, he was there and he spoke. I don't know what he spoke about. I'm sure it was not ducks. Um, it was probably Jesus or something. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't get to see him. So I missed him. I was that close. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Duck Dynasty? Is it, is it worth it? You know, I, I, I've got Walking Dead to catch up on and I've got a whole season of Community that I didn't watch because I didn't care last year about any TV. So what made your day recently? What has meant something special to you? I want you to share your little tiny, wonderful moments with everyone who listens to this show. So email your moments to mmdcast at gmail.com. Those in three or four sentences have the best chance of being listed. Listen, follow me if you don't mind. Um, It's twitter.com slash nlcast. You can find us on Facebook and you can like the mmdcast and uh, keep up with us there. Um, go to the website. Make sure you're 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 logged in. And I'm not logged in. That you're connected to us in every possible way. Um, and if you've heard about us through iTunes or Zoom or whatever, please leave us a review. That helps the show quite a bit, and it's the best thing you can do. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can do that as well. Five bucks will get your name mentioned right at the top of the show. If you have a brief message you want to include, we can do that too. That just helps me pay the bills. Not only for this show, but the archive, like I mentioned, six years of shows, thousands and billions of megabytes of stuff that you guys, you you are helping me keep going. So uh, anyway, enough of that. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.